Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Sports podcast. I'm your host, Ben Salama, and today we are going to discuss the upcoming wildcard matchup between the 8-9 and NFC South champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the 13-4 and Dallas Cowboys. We're going to start with in-depth descriptions of each team, followed by an X-factor from each team, and the keys to victory for each team as well. Finally, I'll be giving my prediction of who's going to win and why. I hope you enjoy. We'll start with the 13-4, and five-seed in the NFC, second in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Known as America's team, the Cowboys have seemingly been good for a long time. That's what it seems. But these Cowboys haven't won a playoff game since 1995, which was when they won their last Super Bowl. They seek to end this streak this season. Ranking fifth in the NFL in total offensive touchdowns, Dem boys can hurt a defense in more ways than one. QB Dak Prescott had a career-best completion percentage, sitting right above 69%, paired with 2,860 yards and 32 touchdowns. The one flaw in his game this season have been the turnovers. Tied for the league lead in interceptions with 15, Prescott has thrown one or more interceptions in seven straight games, which won't bode well in the playoffs. Fortunately, this Cowboys offense is not one-dimensional. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott lead a boom-and-zoom-style backfield. Pollard has about 40 fewer carries than Zeke, but has made the most of his opportunities with 5.2 yards per carry and 9 touchdowns on the ground as he eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark on the ground in Week 18 for the first time in his career. Nonetheless, defensives can't forget about the once fourth overall pick in the 2016 draft, Ezekiel Elliott. While Zeke might not have the explosiveness he had early in his career, with a career-low yards per carry of 3.8, he's still a red zone threat for the Cowboys with 12 rushing touchdowns of his own. Pollard will get most out of the work out of the backfield and on third-down passing scenarios, but Zeke still is a slightly higher snap share, although his 160% snap share from earlier in the season is closer to 50. The Cowboys said goodbye to four-time Pro Bowler, who went over 1,000 yards receiving twice in his time in Dallas, Amari Cooper, in a trade with the Browns. The Cowboys needed someone to fill in his shoes this season. Third-year receiver CeeDee Lamb has done more than just that, setting career highs in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Lamb has heated up when it matters most, with three games over 100 receiving yards in his last four games. Lamb will be the focal point of the Cowboys' air attack, but expect Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and Noah Brown to get some attention too. Moving to the defense, it has started up front for the Cowboys. While the Cowboys are bottom 10 in teams in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed, they rank second in rushing touchdowns allowed, with their front tightening up when teams get into the red zone. Second-year outside linebacker Micah Parsons continues to improve. With 13 and a half sacks, he was nominated for his second Pro Bowl in as many seasons. Demarcus Lawrence was nominated for the Pro Bowl this season as well, posting six sacks of his own. Ranking eighth in passing yards allowed, the Dallas secondary has been strong also. Tied for fourth in the league for interceptions, they can force turnovers and capitalize on them with five defensive scores this season. The secondary is led by two-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro Trayvon Diggs. While he hasn't recorded as many interceptions as he did in his impressive 2021 season, Diggs has greatly improved his coverage skills. He might have led the NFL in interceptions last season, but he also allowed the most receiving yards too. Diggs has changed his game, which has only helped the Cowboys' secondary. Rookie Deron Bland leads the team in interceptions with five, but has only played 40% of the defensive snaps in each game. We now move over to the 8-9, fourth seed in the NFC, NFC South champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Becoming only the sixth team in NFL history to make the playoffs with a losing record, the Bucs snuck into the playoffs due to a horrid NFC South. 
with a minus 45 point differential, the Bucks were simply outperformed in many games this season. They earned at least one game in Tampa as they clinched the NFC South after beating the Panthers in Week 17. The Bucks' offense was almost all passing as they were fifth in the NFL in passing yards while they were last in rushing yards. They were so committed to the pass as not only did Tom Brady attempt more passes this season than in any other regular season in his 23-year career, but they also had games under 10 rushing yards but were still contenders to win the game. The Bucks have to have a bit of hope as they won a Super Bowl only two years ago and many of the key players from that championship team are still members of the Bucks. The offense is led by the GOAT, who finished the season with 4,694 passing yards and 25 touchdowns while attempting 733 passes, which comes out to 43 a game. He's been to the playoffs an incredible 17 times in his Hall of Fame career, with seven Super Bowl rings more than any other player in history. The backfield has been an interesting dynamic this whole season. Leonard Fournette led the running backs with 189 carries while producing 668 yards and three touchdowns. His 3.8 yards per carry was the worst since his second season in Jacksonville. He was a factor out of the backfield since Brady attempted the most passes, which gave Fournette 73 grabs and 523 yards, which is a career high for him. Third-round draft pick Rashad White impressed many in his rookie season. He finished the season with 481 yards rushing and was also a good pass catcher with 50 grabs. Fournette finished the season with a snap share of about 60%, but the Bucks will likely ride the hot hand in this wildcard matchup. If the Bucks' receiving room could have a nickname, it would be the Reliables. That refers to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Evans finished the season with 1,124 yards on 77 receptions and six touchdowns, giving him his ninth season over 1,000 receiving yards in as many seasons. Chris Godwin went over the 1,000-yard mark for the third time in his career and eclipsed the 100-reception mark for the first time. With only two games this season under six receptions, and one of them he got hurt in, Godwin is as reliable as they come at the receiver position. Fournette had over 60 receptions, and Russell Gage also gets looks in the pass game. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, what was once a top defense in the whole league is now more of an average unit. The Buccaneers' front seven is their strong suit as they were fifth in sacks. Vita Vea missed the last couple games of the season for the Bucks, so if they can get him healthy, that is huge, as they will get the player with the most sacks on the team back. None of the Bucks' defenders are in the Pro Bowl, but they still have loads of talent. Linebacker duo Devin White and Levante David had 124 tackles each, and they are the heart of this Bucks defense. Cornerbacks Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis had solid seasons, and they'll be asked to shut down CeeDee Lamb and others in this wildcard matchup. Safety Antoine Winfield broke out in his second season and was named to the NFL's top 100 players, and he's had a good third year too. The Bucks' ability to stop the pass will be huge for them, as in games they held opposing offenses to under 300 passing yards, they are 5-2. and two. We'll now move to the X-Factors for each team. For the Cowboys, it's linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, as he will be back from his three-game absence on the Monday's wildcard matchup, and that is great news for the Cowboys. After his special rookie season that landed him in the Pro Bowl and on the All-Pro second team, Vander Esch was a disappointment in the middle of the field for his next three seasons. The Cowboys decided to bring him back on a one-year deal prior to this season, and both sides benefited. Vander Esch has had a revival season with his 90 tackles and 13 full games. He played just five snaps against the Jaguars in Week 15 in his 14th game of the season before leaving with an injury and sitting out the last three games. The Cowboys have missed the former Pro Bowl linebacker on the field in those final three games. He'll have the responsibility of the middle of the field, where Brady loves to sling it. 
The Buccaneers also love to run a bunch of wide receiver screens to Chris Godwin out wide, so Vander Esch will need to make those open field tackles to limit those big plays. Now for the Buccaneers. It's left tackle Donovan Smith. It seems every game I've watched of the Bucks, Smith gets called for holding. In a wild card matchup against the Cowboys, Smith will be lined up against one of the best pass rushers in the NFL in Micah Parsons. It cannot be stated enough how important the play of Smith is going to be in this matchup. If Donovan Smith can hold his own and contain the play of Parsons well enough to give the Bucks some chances on offense, then there's a good chance Brady can play in the form that we saw him for weeks 17 and 18 and give the Bucks a good chance of moving on to the second round. If Smith continues to struggle with penalties and giving up pressure, it could very easily result in a quick exit for the Buccaneers. Now for the keys to the game. For the Cowboys, Dak needs to make good decisions with the ball. Dak Prescott was tied for the league lead in interceptions with 15. To end the season, Dak threw one or more interceptions in seven straight games, and four of those were two interception games. The Bucks' defense had the fifth least INTs in the league, but if Dak makes poor decisions, they will capitalize off of them. The Bucks' offense can have cold patches where they can't move the ball, and Dak making bad decisions can't get them hot. Number two, run the ball. In games the Cowboys ran for over 100 yards, they were 9-3, and three, and way back in the season opener against the Bucks, the Cowboys only ran for 71 yards, which contributed to only having three points on the scoreboard. Now for the Buccaneers. Switch up the play calling. The whole league knows that the Bucks pass the ball more than anyone else, but they can lull the Cowboys' defense to sleep by passing, like they always do, and this can set up the ground game. It's hard to tell based off the stats, but Leonard Fournette was drafted fourth overall for a reason. He's not as fast as he once was, but his downfield Derrick Henry style running is still there. Number two, disguise blitzes. If the Bucks can shut down the run on first and second down, which they did in week one against Dallas, they'll be able to utilize linebacker Devin White's athleticism on third down via linebacker blitzes. Dak isn't the most mobile QB in the league, and the Bucks can win this game by being assignment perfect on defense. Now for my prediction. No matter who you think is a stronger team, you can never count out Tom Brady in the playoffs. With over 30 career playoff victories, he is as good as they come when it's win or go home. With that being said, this Cowboys team has gotten stronger as the year has gone on. Yet, in Week 18, the Commanders shut down the Cowboys' offense, revealing the Cowboys' flaws. The Bucks have watched that film and seen what they must do. On the flip side, the Bucks are heating up on offense, and I believe that that, that will propel the Bucks to the victory as they win 35-31, sending Dallas back to the drawing board as they wait yet another year waiting for a playoff win. Thank you for listening to this podcast on the Cowboys-Buccaneers playoff matchup, and I look forward to the next round of games to go over on the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Thank you for listening.